Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to the Cheeseman Podcast. This is Brendan, your host for the show. Joining me to, to cheer us up after that uh, disappointing one-all draw uh, with Sporting Lisbon, where we were robbed by VAR. Uh, to cheer us up, we're joined by Cheese Room Royalty. First up from Boston is Atlanta Spurs' Aviva Summers. Aviva, how are you doing? Never do that again. What? <laughs> Boston. Boston. <laughs> no. No. Oh. Park the car. No, do, park, do, park the car. Park, park the car park and the have car. a yard. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been a minute. It's been quite a while since I've been on, but glad to be on. Yeah, it's great to have you back. And as you can hear, we are also joined by the founder himself, all the way from Sydney, Mr. Aaron Jolly. Mr. Jolly, how are you doing? Mate, I'm pretty good. I just fell back asleep though, and I woke up in a dream, and Pep Guardiola is there with his cardigan in an absolute furor after Tottenham's gone through against Manchester City in the Champions League. Let's party like it's 2018-19. Um, I remember at the at the time when uh, when we won that game, saying to somebody, "Gee, we've used up our luck for about like a hundred years," and then then we beat <laughs> Amsterdam three two away, and I think we probably used up our luck for a thousand years, didn't we? Because today that was. Uh, that was absolutely brutal, but uh, <laughs> try and find a bright side. I've just spilled coffee all over my uh, floor as well. We spent 20 minutes lathering up a sweat. The folks are lucky this is not a video because uh, you would be enjoying my squeaky nipples. Oh, yeah, they are squeaky. Yeah, no, I yeah. after the game, I went, for a, I went for a burger. I'm glad I did to calm down. I was fuming after that. I was livid. Uh, but look, we'll, we'll get on to the, the VAR decision and... Um, Everything else, let's crack into, as we always do, with the lineup. Mr. Jolly, start with you. We had uh, <clears throat> some players come back. So Romero came back, as did Pierre-Emil Hoybier. Uh, so it, it was they were two of our stalwarts. Uh, we did play with, go with Doherty and Perisic as the wingbacks. And Lucas had as a start in the front three. 
when you saw the lineup, what were your thoughts? Uh, were you okay with that? I, I was actually quite happy when I saw that lineup. Yeah, I, I'm not really much of a formation guy. I know a lot of people sort of arguing about whether we're better 3 4 3 or better 3 5 2. I know HG, uh, they did the YouTube reaction right after, and I was chatting to him, and he was saying, Look, we're only good in 3 4 3. If we've got Kulu, we should be playing 3 5 2, I guess, or, or a different formation, not that formation without Kulu. And yeah, we did we did look pretty average um, in the first half with like in the wide positions I thought but uh, I think Lucas starting is always <laughs> a trip down memory lane isn't it um, you wonder whether he's going to be good when I saw that I was thinking geez you know are we going to get much out of him and in the end it's easy to look back and go well we didn't really so probably you could say the formation didn't really work and the selections didn't necessarily work certainly in the first half but uh, yeah, and, and the other thing, I guess, looking at it from my perspective is oh, the last time that we were on together, of course, we had um, we had old, your old Brazilian mate scoring two goals with his, with his headers and, we, and it was a random old game today and not having him even available off the bench, I think that was, that was a big one for me, looking at the lineup in the beginning and thinking, God, what have we really got to bring on as well? Mm. Well, fingers crossed he is back for next week. It was, he, was, he says it's a two-week stroke and, and he'll be back in three, so it'll be three weeks by the time Marseille rolls along. Uh, so fingers crossed he is back for that. Aviva, we did though see Daddy Davies come in for uh, Clement Longley. Uh, so uh, maybe that was in response to Longley just getting completely roasted by Almiron in the Newcastle game. Uh, what did you make of of, uh, of Davies? I, I got to say that I actually, I prefer Davies at the left center back when Sessegnon is next to him as opposed to Perisic. I think Perisic reminds me a bit of how Reggie would play a bit narrow and which didn't allow Davies to go forward more. I think when Sessegnon plays, he, he, he's much more wide. Um, and I honestly, I would have preferred to see Sessegnon at left wing back. Mm-hmm. So I think Davies played, you know, decent. I think the thing with center backs, especially when you're playing three at the back, is that it really matters who is playing alongside them. Um, and Davies is one of those players that when he's not playing in the left flat, left, flat back, you know, flat four at the back, I think it really matters who you put to his left. And I just don't think it was the right combination tonight. Yeah. Uh, Perisic didn't have a good game. First half, Mr. Jolly was terrible. I, I don't know what it is, why, why we are starting games so sluggishly. The uh, the commentators here in Brazil were, were pointing out that eight of the starting 11 will be going to the World Cup. So, do you think that's a factor? Why do you think we are? We're just not, we don't have the intensity until it really matters, until we go a goal down. Yeah, I mean, the first half, I was sitting here thinking, God, um, I've only been on two podcasts in two years and we're not going to have much to talk about today. I was going, I was making all kinds of notes and doing research at halftime and sort of putting together, going, how are we going to fill this show out? Because the first half was just, uh, yeah, it was really brutal. And I mean, it's not the first time this season, though. I'd say, I mean, you say we've got the World Cup coming up and stuff, but. We've had a lot of halves like that this season, haven't we? We've just been really poor. I think in the first half, we had, um, I think we had one shot on target, which was um, was Son. Maybe we didn't. When was his shot on target? Was it late first half or early second? No, it was late first half. We had one shot on target. I think we had four chances in the second half. We ended up with nineteen chances in uh, shots and and I think twelve on target or something like. So the second half, we absolutely went off. But first half was just terrible. I, I really don't know other than perhaps we're not that good, Brendan, um, and we're really <laughs> lacking. We're just – I think we're lacking something in the midfield. It's its easy to blame the midfield when your team is not good, I guess, but uh, we Doherty didn't really offer much out wide. Perisic had a couple of balls, but we 
we just didn't really create much. And then we had a couple of chances on the counter and that's about it. It was pretty, very poor to watch. Yeah. Reva, what do you, what's, do you have a theory as to why we, we, we're just not clicking? Are you just thinking that we will eventually click? Or do you think there is a, a something deeper seated? There is a more of a, fu- a fundamental problem with the team? I think that... Apart from the the mainstays in the team of your your Kane, your son, who if they're going to play, they're going to you know make an impact. You know, we 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 were happy when we have the likes of Kulu come in, Benton Core, and then and Richarlison, and that's what we get excited about. That's when we start to see improvements, like the X, you know, having a bit of a like of an X factor there. Take those X factors out, your your Kulu and the option of Richarlison, and we're back to where we are before every transfer window begins with just having Kane and Son. And so I think what this showed is that the depth that we were celebrating having doesn't really mean anything if both if all of that depth gets injured or compromised. Mm-hmm. And I think we've definitely figured out we have enough depth in midfield. We have, you know, four solid midfielders, I think. But I think in attack, you know, you're really looking at, I think, just more options, whether it's, a, a you know, a higher playing midfielder who can come in and be more attacking, which we don't have. You know, that's what, you know, if anything, Lo Celso was the closest we had to that, but he's not with us because we were playing that 3-4-3. Three, three. So I think it it means that if you need to be able to adapt when we have injuries, you need to be able to have more depth that can play roles that we won't, we wouldn't usually need. That's, yeah, so I, I think hopefully they'll address them in the transfer window. Yeah, you're right. We don't, we don't have, with the 3-4-3 three, three, three system, it doesn't really have a space for a creative midfielder or attacking midfielder because the two in the middle would be sitting and the the, the mm-hmm. two wide players would be uh, where the danger would come from. It's just a shame that we don't really have really decent wingbacks. Jolly, their goal, it, it was a bit of a mishmash in the middle, like uh, Dyer committed and, and just got left in no man's land. And, and we were just retreating, retreating. They, they attacked in numbers. To, to be fair to Sporting, there was four of them. So that may have sort of been the reason why uh, Romero didn't want to commit. But um, Lloris has to do better there, surely, no? Yeah, I mean, uh, where do you start on that? Um, firstly, just a quick, quick comment on what Aviva was talking about, but not having the players. I think Ndombele and Lacelso were brought in to actually take that role, and they just haven't worked out, which is kind of ironic. We were trying to replace Dembele and Ericsson, and then we tried, didn't we? We spent big dollars, and then neither of those two players worked out. Um, so that, I think, is, that aspect of things is just we need to definitely go out and address it again in the in the in the transfer window for sure and try again, I guess. But um, as for their, as for their goal, I mean, it's a comedy of errors, isn't it? Like definitely dire over commits. And then once they've got like an, you know, three on two against us or whatever at the back, we're in trouble. Um, should Larice have done better? I guess it depends on your perspective, doesn't it? Like it, it is right in the corner. It's an excellent finish. It's like, it's one of those finishes like Messi does, isn't it? I mean, obviously he's, not, he's not Messi the lad, even though he's a Tottenham, he was a Tottenham junior, but he's, He's put that right in the bottom corner, kissing up against the post, hasn't he? So it's tough for a keeper. And we know that Laurie sometimes he's a little bit slow to get down in the corners, isn't he? He's an excellent shot stopper when he has to make those reaction saves. But on some of the crosses and on the distribution and in getting down in that bottom corner, um, he's just not world-class. It's a funny one, isn't he? He's an absolutely world-class keeper in some aspects. Mm-hmm. And then in a couple of aspects, he he's he's... You know, second division. Yeah, and I've made this point before as well that, that he's been with us for for ten years now, or, or or more even, and the game has evolved. You need to have a keeper that has more to his game than just being a good shot stopper. 
any good shot, any good keeper will be a good shot stopper. They need to have more to their game. They need to be much better with their feet. They need to be much more reactionary. I just don't think Hugo has it. That that, that goal was on him. We, we we limit them to to, to long distance shots, assuming that that Hugo has it in him to save them. And and oh, it was it was just awful. Viva, what, what were your thoughts on? I, I'm blaming Hugo on that. He he should have done much better with that. It was it bounced about three times before it got to him. He had time to to see it and just didn't react quickly enough. Yeah, um, I was kind of taken aback when I saw the goal because it. I felt like it was such an easy save. It wasn't that fast. There wasn't tons of power on it. No, there was no like. Um, defender blocking his view um, but that's I think a lot of teams know that Hugo is prone to letting those in and they understand that and they go for it those unexpected shots that he, no one would think goes do you know what I mean like once teams figure out how to break us down whether it's tactically formation wise they'll do it we're a very easy team in terms of like playing to a certain format and a way of doing it like we play on the counter attack everyone team knows it once you figure out how to break us down you break us down we haven't really figured out like the in-game management of how to switch up tactics quickly without a halftime happening. That's why we seem to be a half like second half team is because Conte goes in second half in the locker room says, "Okay, we're switching to this, 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 and this." We go out and it makes a difference, but we need to be able to do that during a game, not when we only have forty-five minutes left to play. Mm. And going into that second half, it was it was much more improved, Jolly. The um, we did start on the front foot. We did we did press them high, and and we did have chances. Um, mm. It was it was interesting to see that the changes that were made as well. Brian Hill, uh, I thought it, this was probably his best game in a Spurs shirt, um, but it, it was it was much more improved second half, wasn't it, Jolly? Mm. I think you've missed one really important thing from the first half, though. We were lucky not to be 2-0 down, were we? After that hand of God goal. Oh, yes. <laughs> if, that, if Maradona was a hand of God, then that was a hand of a total fucking knob. Because mm. what was he thinking? <laughs> Did he think he was going to get away? Like he waved, waved his arm out there like he was holding a sandwich bag and put it in the net. Jesus Christ, that was, uh, that was pretty dumb. But then, of course, when you're watching on the computer... Um, with the bleary eyes in the morning, you just see the ball go in the net. You're like, holy shit, it's two down. Um, but, yeah, no, look, I, I thought Hill did obviously make a difference. I mean, it's night and day between the, the first half and the second half, isn't it? We've just almost immediately started. Like, I've got all my notes from the game. The first half is about 20% of my notes, and the second half is about 80% <laughs> there. So it's, it's in, the, fun, the thing with Hill, I guess, is, it's we've we've seen this before time and time again with with players, don't we? Not just for us, but with other teams too, where they come on as substitutes and they look a million dollars when they're playing against guys who are already tired, have already played forty five or fifty or sixty minutes or whatever, you know, of top of football at top pace, and then they start from the beginning of the game and they don't do as much. I mean, Lucas Moore is probably a good example of that. Although I think he'll probably um, or Brian Brian as they call him down here, um, he probably you know, suits suits us more than, than say, more. We def- definitely look better having somebody with a bit of quality on the ball and, and the link-up play was much better. Son and Kane were getting released earlier and how much of that is down to Hill, I'm not 100% sure, but it's it's worth having a crack with him and finding out whether he, he really can make a difference because we definitely looked much better and he was probably our best player in the second half, wouldn't you say? Or... <laughs> Certainly, he was the most involved, apart from Eric Dyer, who I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Hmm. Yeah, well, let's talk about Dyer now. Of Evo, he, he had at least a hat trick 
of chances. And you can look at it two ways. Well, at least he was in those positions to, to get the shots away, the headers that he had. There was the, the spinning, I thought it was Kane, the spinning shot. Yeah. Uh, from a, It might have been from a corner or, or, or a sort of ricocheted. But um, but yeah, it was. he was, I think he was very disappointed with it as well. Do, do you think he could have done better on, on those chances? I think Eric Dyer in that performance was saying to Gareth Southgate, you better effing bring me to the World Cup. Because Eric Dyer is the kind of player that, it, in in many ways, like um, like uh, like what's his name, um, Michael Dawson was like puts his body in the line. We'll go through a brick wall for us. And I've really seen him improve in his attacking prowess this season. I have him in my FPL team. He's I mean he scored the first game. I think he has like two or three goals this season already. Yeah, um, Leicester was one. And I, yeah. yeah, and I think he's really finding his confidence in that box on set pieces. And the fact that he went to take a shot that many people thought on first glance was Kane, just the way that he was able to, you know, turn his body in such a tight position and have the confidence to do it. And it was, if it was angled a bit differently, might've very well gone in. Um, I think speaks a a lot to his confidence right now, playing under Conte, um, his leadership role in the team. And for him to, I don't know if you saw, but after the game, he was arguing with the ref about the call um, I, I, you know, he's not going to settle and I'm glad that he's not going to settle. I think he has many times in the past and it's, it's not done him justice. So I think it was a great performance from him in terms of really wanting to m- be the person to make the difference, not just being a defender, but if, like, if, if no one's going to do it, I'm going to do it, or I'm going to try to be the one to do it. So, you know, kudos to him for that. And hopefully he can get something, um, in the next game. Yeah, there was this header that he had, uh, very similar to the the goal he scored against Leicester that just sort of glanced over. There was one chance, I think, that, that Hill set up where it was just ahead of him. We just got a nick on it, but it wasn't enough connection. There was a spinning kick. There was at least four or five chances he had. Uh, Julie, yeah. um, at least, as, as we said earlier, at least those chances were being created and uh, we did get the goal eventually. But um, it was it was just much more improved on the first half and just makes you think, had we started that first half with the same intensity... We'd be we'd be qualified by now. We'd be top of the group. Yeah, well, it's the classic one, you know. If uh, if Martha was my uncle, she'd be Arthur, um, or whatever it is. Right? If Arthur was my aunt, he'd be Martha. Because uh, you know, if if one of those headers goes in from Dyer, we're having a completely different chat right now, aren't we? Although we probably would be saying, "What the hell was going on in the first half, and why don't we play more like that?" I think it's just unfortunate on the Dyer stuff, isn't it? That one of those chances doesn't fall to Harry Kane either. The header from Son's free kick, which was a fantastic free kick, um, just you know, inch perfect free kick right into his head there, um, and then and then the, the the header later on. That's just a bunny, isn't it, for Harry? And even the volley, which we're sort of celebrating being like a really excellent chance. Probably if that's Kane, he hits that into the bottom corner, doesn't he? So, yeah. Um, yeah, you sort of, probably you look at it and you wish you had the game over again. But if you're Conte. You're saying, well, we had four chances to win the game. We had, Eric Dyer had those three headers and then uh, had the two headers and the volley. And also we had the disallowed goal at the end. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Conte would probably be very def- defensive of our performance and say, well, it went the way that we went. We played a bit conservative in the first half. Then we dominated in the second half. Yeah, and uh, we did get the, the goal. It was deserved, Aviva, the, the, the header from Bentancor. The keeper sort of... Was was I thought their their keeper had a decent game. He was sort of dealing with with everything that we were throwing at him up until that point. Uh, but he had a mare with that goal. He just sort of how he was sort of appealing that it was a foul on him. It was no foul. 
Benton Court yeah. was in his space. He wasn't leaning in. He wasn't jumping into him. And and it was a it was a simple finish in the end. Yeah, and and um, had that been called against us, I mean, the game we just played where what's his name, Callum Wilson scores on Lloris, and everyone's like, no, he's fouling the goalkeeper. Well, the mm. same thing happened tonight. They thought the goalkeeper was being fouled, or but no, it, he he surpassed him in that jump. Benton really got some air, and good for him. I mean, I think he has been one of our mainstays in the team in terms of his consistency, in terms of how well he's playing for us game in and game out. Mm. Um, and yeah, like I said, good for him. Like I, We're starting to see a lot more players get chances scoring, especially set pieces, which we used to be terrible at set pieces. You know, um, so far this season, we've had Sessegnon score, Dyer score, Bentoncourt score, Horiburg score. And all those people scored before Sun scored. So I, I'd like to think that we'll see more of this in the league and I hopefully in... If we stay and we'll stay in this in the Champions League and we'll start to see more goals coming from players besides the front three. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at Chapacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, right. We have to get into it. That that VAR decision. Um, I was I was livid. I was fuming. I was, I was worse than Conte. I, I had to leave. I was in the Patreon chat. I was just like... Fuck it, we've fucked it. That's it, we've done, we're out. We're going we're gonna to go and play for a point in Marseille and lose because that's what we do. Glorious defeat, injustice, et cetera, et cetera, and so on. I, I've, I've seen that like, there's the still doing the rounds on, on social media where they're showing the line. You can't see the ball in the still, though. So I, I'm assuming that the point of the ref and VAR is that Kane is ahead of the ball when... Uh, Emerson heads it. So it doesn't matter if Emerson heads it backwards because Kane is slightly ahead of the ball. But that's not clear. That is not clear in the picture. You cannot see that. So they're assuming that he is. And and that and that's why Conte was furious. Oh. Anyway, Jolly, what's what are your thoughts on, on the offside? Have you watched it back? So, so a few things is this is a great example of how after many, many years in the game and many years of watching the game that a lot of people still don't understand the rule. Like, um, People like saying that firstly, the first one that was wrong was Andy Gray and a few people in our in our Patreon chat as well who remain nameless, she's ad amongst others, saying, <laughs> Oh, he's passed it, he's passed it backwards, he can't be offside. Well, that's not true for start. Like it doesn't matter the direction of the ball. It's all about whether the player receiving the ball is in front of the ball or not, and if there is two men between him and the goal. And in this case, what VAR has decided is that where the position of the ball, as you said, you can debate where that is. And I actually don't think you can debate that either. I'll, in a moment, talk about that. He's Kane, his knee, the way the line has been drawn anyway, right there, is in front of whatever part of the ball. And I know you can't really see the ball, but what I'm assuming is wherever they've drawn that line from, whether it's the middle of the ball, whatever the rule is, his knee is in front of that. There's no way they're, There's no way that they're interpreting this like... Uh, the technology will show whether his knee is in front of the ball or not. Now, if you want to debate, okay, it's taken too long, it's not clear and obvious, it is clear and obvious because 
the technology will show, even if it's like one fiftieth of a millimeter in front. But it won't. It depends where the lines are drawn. Like they, they, well, they, 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 they have, they have a principle. I mean, they obviously have some sort of principle about where the line is drawn. Like the technology will be out if it's the middle of the ball or the end of the ball. The technology will be able to put the line in that spot. Like even basic video editing technology can do that. You can find the middle of a sphere or the end of a sphere. So. Like, if you want to argue it's taken four minutes and it shouldn't take that long, or if you want to argue that VAR just sucks, or if you want to argue that, like, we should go back to sort of just doing a quick check and give it to the referee to sort of decide benefit of the doubt, that's fine. But the technology is precise. So it is, it's offside. It's just that it's taken so long to do um, and, and, like, that it's come against us. Mm. Well, uh, Conte disagrees with you. Aviva, I... Um... I'm, I'm with Conte. It is not clear that you can't see the ball with that still. So and maybe there are other angles that we aren't uh, uh, being shown where the, the, the VAR person in VAR knows 100% that Kane's knee, elbow, whichever, well, no, it has to be something you can score the goal with. His head is ahead of the ball when uh, Emerson heads it. Uh, where were you on the, on the offside? So it's interesting. I, I didn't see the goal in real time, I'll be honest. I only saw the replay of the game and then like everyone's ranting on social media and the, the line truck. I couldn't tell either because when they did it, it was like right when the ball was coming off of Emerson's head or something. Mm. And so like, it's it very, blocks the view. yeah, it blocks the view. And so the line was being drawn from the top of the ball, not even from Emerson. Um, and I just look this we could go drone on and on. If it was offside, it's offside. We move on. But I'll tell you this, and I'm very sure I would rather be a Spurs fan today than an Atletico Madrid fan, or a Barcelona, or a, or uh, a no, Barcelona no. fan. Did you hear what? Did you hear? <laughs> did you not hear what happened in the Atletico game? The ref blows the full time whistle, but then VAR says no. You have to go back and give Atletico a penalty. He had blown the whistle, so the game is over. He blew the whistle. VAR is like, no, 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 there was just a foul on the box when you blew the whistle. You need to go a penalty. He gives him a penalty. It's tied two two. He goes so Atletico have a a penalty after time is called to win the game, and it gets saved. That will get saved. Okay. That's unprecedented. Like once, once the game's over, the game's over. You can't. That's, that that's going to set set a, set a, a yeah. precedent now. Where well, let's go back and replay the game because this because happened. It and happened, that happened right when he it because it happened right. I guess it happened right when he had blown right because it was like kicked. But they're like, no, you have to go back and see something. And then they call the then he calls the penalty. And I guess it's like the same thing as like let's say there's a foul, and then but until the ball's out of play, then you wait and then to review that foul, like to the okay, VAR okay. it. I think it was like that, but it was just like a one in a billion chance. And there's a video, you should go watch the video of the penalty on, it's ridiculous. This would never happen. And they have a chance to finally break the tie and they, the other team saves it. But Barcelona as well, big teams have gone out. We are still in it. And so yeah. look, let's move on from Perspective. the VAR controversy. And we just need a point. We just need a point in, in Marseille, but they, they're going to be trying to win. They're going to be trying to win. And, and all four teams can qualify. Jolly, uh, are you confident? Look, going ahead to uh, the the Marseille game after that with with Conte now banned. Yeah, well, that the Conte banning thing is. I mean, that just really sucks. I was just looking at something online where he's being interviewed afterwards about why he got sent off, and they're saying he got sent off because of coming on the field. Um, seems like other Spurs officials and him are on the field and then he gets sent off. Does that mean he came on the field before 
the final whistle was blown. I guess it was, wasn't it? Because yeah. they were still after there was still they kickoff were celebrating. after the bar. Yeah, and he, there yeah. was still kickoff after the, uh, the the ball was kicked off, wasn't it? So he's come on the field. That's why he's been sent off. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's an absolute cauldron in Marseille, isn't it? Um, it's not going to be good going there, trying to get a result, uh, and then not having Conte on the sideline. And we know the kind of impact that he has on players. He's probably like one of the, you know, maybe top five managers all time for sort of having that emotional impact on players and sort of being involved in the game and stuff and on the sideline getting everybody sort of up for it and not having him there, you you would think that has an impact, doesn't you? It's it's hard to find positives, like having to go on the road to get a result um, of some kind and just this, <laughs> the nervousness that's going to be there. Uh, I guess that if you're looking for any sort of positive at all, I guess it's Marseille needs to win. We only need to draw, which means they're going to have to attack us and we play better on the counter. So... You know, if we can just hold out for long enough, you would say that the longer that game goes on, the better it's going to be for us. The problem is if we concede a goal early on, it's going to be brutal. Well, that's just it. I mean, are we good on the counter anymore? Like we've been, Son's not been scoring the goals that he used to. He's he's off his game. Uh, Kane's uh, saving himself for the World Cup. If maybe Richarlison or Kulusevski may be back for it, but it's... Um, I, I can I feel Conte's frustration and Caller. We, we had a chat with Caller. Was at the game. Was on his way back of Eva, and then he was saying that they were loving it. It was ecstasy, like a last minute winner in the ninety fifth minute, wasn't it? And uh, we got the ninety fourth minute, and we get the goal. Everyone's hugging and kissing everyone, and then VAR comes on. And to to pick ourselves up from that, it's going to be a challenge, not just for for Marseille, but for Bournemouth on the weekend. Yeah, but I think I think to Jolly's point. Um, there's going to be two camps of play, of supporters. I think in the in the moment, the ecstasy and the joy, they'll be like, no, no, we won the game. How could they? But I think if people who are like know how football works and know the rules, maybe go back and look, they'll be like, yeah, maybe it was offside. I think in the moment, you don't want to believe it is because you're so much, you're so enthralled in this in this euphoric energy. But I think you have to go back and say, well, I guess we were, you know, tech. but. But I think we use this to channel to go ahead and, and get to Bournemouth and just knock that one out um, quickly and then focus on Tuesday. Um, because the last thing we want is to is to capitulate at Bournemouth, which wouldn't be fun, and then go into Tuesday. If anything, you want to just make sure you win that game to go into Tuesday. So hopefully we, we see a win this weekend. I love how you just said as well that you, you want us to knock one out in Bournemouth. <laughs> in England, knocking one out is something very different in uh, in Boston. Jolly, I, I realised uh, when I said it, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. Jolly, um, I think there were, like you said, there were positives from today. Um, we, we've spoken about Brian Hill. Do you think we'll start to see him more often now? I thought he played way better than Lucas. Do you think we we could see Hill if Richarlison or Kulusevski is not back by the weekend, that we could see Hill start against Bournemouth. I don't know. I mean, Conte is pretty conservative, isn't he, with his lineup? Um, yeah, I think we probably maybe we need to. Maybe there'll be a couple more games beforehand. I saw shout out to Mr. Paul Muir in the uh, Patreon chat and people talking about Hill. All the Patreon people were were big up on on Hill and saying we should uh, we should give him a go. So yeah, uh, I don't know. I. No idea really what Conte's thinking about this. I think on the balance of what we saw today, he should. But, uh, you know, again, there's that point of like he can go out and start and who knows whether he'll be good or not from the beginning of the game. He, des- he deserves to have a crack and 
we definitely need need some rotation, I guess. Yeah, so um, looking ahead to the Bournemouth game, uh, Aviva, you're the FPL expert of the cheese room. Who at Bournemouth should we be worried about? So right now, I think uh, Dom Solanke and uh, Billings, they're, they're two top scorers. Um, Billings, even though he plays a little bit deeper, he does have the capacity to, to come up with a goal. Solanke, he hasn't scored in a few games, but if he's someone's going to score, it's probably going to be him. Their defense, though, they, they just lost Neto, their their goalie mm. they got from Barcelona, and now Travers is back. I haven't double-checked to see if it was if Neto will be back or if it was a bad injury, um, but if it's Travers, that should be good for us. Their back line, I mean, Adam freaking Smith is still their right back. Shout-out to Adam Smith, former Spurs player, but their other defenders are like another former Spurs player, Ryan Fredericks. Like, it's just a lot of like Spurs, like Academy rejects. So yeah, probably I would only worry about Solanke, Billings. I mean, Jefferson Lerma is pretty good in his position, but I think he's on a lot of yellows. Hmm. Um, honestly, I wouldn't be too worried. Um, is it at Vitality is it or is it? Yeah, is it, is it yeah, that's an easy, it's not as, as a, like intimidating of a stadium. Cause it's pro, I think it's pretty, it's the smallest stadium in terms of capacity in the league. So, and but I, it should be should be a comfortable win. Um, but, you know, knowing Spurs, there have been times when we've gone to teams where it should have been a comfortable win, and it wasn't. It was either mm. we endured it and we pulled out the 2-1 win at the end, or it was a tie, or we somehow just didn't show up. So because of that, I can't say what it will be. And, that, and that's the thing, though, with Jolly, with us playing, with us having to get a result, be it a draw or a win, in Marseille, against half a team of, of ex-Gooners, that, that's going to mess with our, our selection for Bournemouth. We, we're going to have to have a one eye on the Champions League when we're playing Bournemouth on Saturday. It's it's It has messed it. You, you can see the frustration in Conte's voice, in his eyes. He really, really hated that decision at the end. And it may come back. He, he used the word dishonest. And those are the sorts of things that get you further punishment from the authorities. So... Uh, but anyway, what what are your your thoughts ahead of Bournemouth? First thing is we have to deal with the conspiracy theory stuff because I just found out I got a message from the Spurs chat here in Australia that the referee today and the VAR official were the two VAR officials in the Champions League final against Liverpool. So the the referee today and the VAR official were the two VAR officials who decided. <laughs> That that was a penalty conceded by um, what's his name Sissoko. <laughs> no, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's true. Yeah, look. Um, so I'm looking at the Champions League final. A good looking. Wait, player. Actually, yeah, actually? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So Danny Makaleli, who was the referee today, was the head video assistant referee <laughs> in the Champions League final, and his compatriot Paul Van Bokel was the assistant VAR official, and today Paul Van Volkel was the VAR official. <laughs> so the two guys who were in the room deciding that that penalty from Sissoko <laughs> was a penalty were the, were the referee and the VAR referee today. What are the chances of that? Oh, my gosh, that is so fucking Spursy. <laughs> <laughs> we are completely doomed this year, absolutely doomed. I was coming on here and I was saying, Brendan's all depressed. Everybody's depressed. Why are you so depressed? Look on the bright side of life. <laughs> Jesus. But um, after I've spilled coffee all over my floor here as well. I'm an absolutely dead man when this is over. Um, and now I, um, <laughs> I'm going to go put my tinfoil oh. hat on and stick my head in the microwave oven. 
and bake mm. it till it's well fucking done after that. <laughs> um, shout out, by the way, like on a, on a funny note, I, I should say shout out to my mate um, Matt Glenday here in Sydney. Uh, we, I put a post up on the post, on the Facebook page with the with the image from Rich. Shout out to Rich from the Patreon chat as well. The image of uh, Emerson heading the ball towards Kane with the red lines. Matt Glenday, disgusting call. And what a way to ruin my birthday. Well, Matty, um, happy birthday from me. Beer on me. There is a lot of comments. There's more than 100 comments. A lot of them are talking about the ball being headed backwards, which is wrong. But a lot of people saying VAR ruining the game. What a thrilling second half. Just absolutely destroyed. And I think, for me, that's the main takeaway from this, isn't it? That it's just, um, it does. It like it just destroys the game. You're waiting five minutes until afterwards for the result to be changed after like just an absolute magic end to a game and then it's just ruined for me that's why i think you var needs to be either got rid of or adapted because uh yeah you shouldn't be waiting five minutes after a game for that to be decided like that and as for bournemouth at the moment don't even really care to be honest with you i don't think we're going to get anything in um in the league this season i guess i think we'll probably make the champ make the champions league but uh yeah i haven't even thought forward to bournemouth at the moment it's going to probably take me at least 24 to 48 hours to um to get over that, what happened today somehow. Mm, it was a farce. It was a farce. Um, Aviva then, what's your prediction then for the Bournemouth game on Saturday? I think 3-0. 3-0? Oh my God, you're that... Com- no way. Come on, seriously? Have you seen us play recently, like, other than the second half, which was really good? Have you seen us play against Newcastle? Uh, we were terrible against Everton, but they're worse than us. Oh, 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 I love the enthusiasm. I love it. Love it. I'm, I'm being confident. I'm feeling confident. And if you, if you think positive, good things will happen. Okay. Okay. Think good, cool. you'll be good. Let's do it. Come on, Joey. Let's get this score out of you, please. Come on. What's, what's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to go. Even though I'm feeling pretty depressed, all of a sudden, I'm going to go three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go three-one to the Tottenham. I think, uh, I think Kane and Son both score. They're due after. Um, after what happened today. And then Bournemouth uh, certainly played pretty openly. So, yeah, we'll go 3-1 to the Tottenham. Mm. Well, yeah, I just don't be done have a hangover from, from today. We are playing on Saturday, so the team just sort of pick themselves up and and use the uh, the frustration and the injustice to to fight on. Uh, Conte's not banned from this one, so I'll go, um, I, I'll go for a 2-1 Spurs win. But um, I'm not overly confident, if I'm honest. Um, but let, let's look to wrap this up. Jolly, thank you for joining. Oh, yeah. Thanks very much for having me, Brendan. And, um, yeah, the last time we were on, of course, was was celebrating uh, Richarlison scoring two goals mm. and it was absolutely magic. Today is kind of like the, the opposite. <laughs> but um, it's always eventful, isn't it? It's always eventful. Get me on next time if you have a couple of boring games in a row. Book me on because you know there's going to be an absolute crap ton of stuff going on in the game, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, it's always eventful. Never Aviva, a dull you. moment with Mr. Jolly. Never, mate. Never. Aviva, thank you for joining. Thanks. Yeah, good to be back. And uh, hopefully you'll have me back on again sooner than this one from last time. Always, always. Uh, she said, do look out for the YouTube show, which will be out on Friday. There was an instant reaction show uh, as well, if YouTube is your thing, from HG and James. Uh, I will be hosting the weekend show with the Bournemouth Review. Um, so that will come out on the weekend, probably Sunday by the time uh, I get everything sorted. Uh, keep the faith. Uh, let's try and take the positives from today. That second half was enjoyable. It, it, there was injustice, but we had the chance. And as ever... Come on, you Spurs.
Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.